I'm Richard Fennebert. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 205 for the weekend starting 26 January 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Theresa May takes on big tech. Also this week, Jabu Mabuza to the rescue at ESCOM, Naspers among the world's top tech shares over five years, and a new movie about Commodore computers. Mm, interesting. I'm in Cape Town. Duncan's in Joburg. But that's no reason not to do a show. Let's light up those long-distance fiber lines. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechot? How's it, Duncan? Can you hear me loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear. We are uh, recording today using a new uh, piece of... Well, it's not, I don't think it's that new, but uh, I've certainly, certainly came across it for the first time this week. Uh, thanks to my friend Martin for pointing it out. It's actually um, software called Discord, uh, and it's used by gamers to, um, to chat while they're playing video games on, on the internet. And it uses an audio codec called Opus, and so far I am enormously impressed. Fantastic software. Yeah, I'm... It is. It, I mean, I'm, I, I can't record it at all, but when I signed up, um, my account was already taken. So I realized I rec- uh, created an account quite a while ago for some reason, probably for some game I played back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very surprised by it. The software is very clean, nice interface. It's lovely. And just listen to this audio quality from where I am. I mean, it is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some more experimentation with this over the coming weeks, but we've set up a Talk Central uh, channel, if you like. Uh, it's quite, oh, they do call them channels. <laughs> on uh, on this uh, server so it's you, you and me on it at the moment but i think there's a potential here to use this to invite uh listeners to to join the conversation as well and to record the show oh, live definitely. Uh, definitely. and um, i see it gives you the the ability to mute people so if you want to unmute someone who's listening who has some contribution they want to make while we record a live show uh, we yeah, the yeah. software will allow us to do that so i'm i'm super impressed with disrupt uh, sorry with That's discord fantastic that's a fantastic idea. So you can have guys in the chat room and, um, you know, if somebody wants to make a point and it's a, tr- a trusted uh, a registrant, if I can put it like that, they can just voice their opinion live on, on the show. Yeah, and we can actually, you can actually just watch the discussion live. And if someone puts up their hand and said, can I come on? I want to I want to comment on this or uh, I've got a viewpoint on this or something to add, then you can just add them and uh, have a quick uh, mm. chat with them while we record the show. Now, we haven't done live streams in the past, but I, I do see an opportunity to use this uh, software to do just that. So, uh, Rachat, maybe we should Definitely. look at doing that sometime in the next few weeks. I agree. Um, but to be honest with you, even just for remote shows, I mean, it'll make it so much easier now just to never miss a show, no matter what uh, the travel situations are between us. Indeed, indeed. And we could, have, of course, use Skype today, but uh, I'm finding the quality of this uh, to be superior to Skype. In fact, I was uh, mentioning just before we started recording that when you're, you're sitting in a hotel lobby in Cape Town, um, and we can hear some background noise there, but uh, you know, if, if you're not talking uh, or there's no audio going over the line, then then it mutes all the background. Mm. And I can also see based on my little ring around my uh, my logo, my name there, um, when I'm actually producing audio through my mic. So if I can, if I hear that, if I'm not speaking, I see there's noise coming through. I can just switch the mic off. Oh, that's true. That's true. Very good point. Very good point. So that's Discord. Uh, we'll actually talk about it a little bit more at the end of the show for uh, uh, anyone who knows our regular features will know why. But um, <laughs> Rafa, you're down in uh, Cape Town at the moment. Uh, what's the, 
Give us a situation report, uh, as it were, on uh, the uh, water crisis down there. What's the sort of feeling about? Uh, yeah, what's look, I mean, it, it, it's it is pretty serious. The local guys are taking it very seriously. Um, the hotel's got boards everywhere. I'm not staying in this hotel, but uh, I came to use their uh, super fast Wi-Fi. Um, but I mean, there's definitely a conscious or a consciousness around the issue. But you know, clearly people are not quite adhering to the rules because there's still a major crisis. Yes, um, yes. I've brought a lot of water down for my own consumption and my own use. I don't uh, drain too much, you know, of the local resources. Um, but I've, there's also been news about a lot of the local uh, local water bottle companies making more water available here. Okay. Obviously, a bit of a marketing ploy. I mean, it's still selling water. I uh, hope they sell that for cheaper than the normal retail prices. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, it's it's pretty serious, serious. Um, but outside of that, I must be honest with you, Cape Town's particularly beautiful today. It's a little bit windy. Um, beach is looking fantastic, and there's a lot of holidaymakers around. So okay. Drinking beer, not water, it must be said. So I think everybody's trying their part. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less than that, Rechard. Um, so, uh, yeah, beautiful weather. Actually, a beautiful time of the year to be in Cape Town because all the Vali tourists have gone back to Joburg. And uh, I'm sure there's mm. still a lot of foreign tourists around, but uh, you, you don't have that huge pressure on infrastructure down there. So it's a nice time to be there. So we'll uh, get this podcast wrapped up so that you can head off to the beach. Yeah, no, definitely. I've got some drones to go and fly and do some uh, f- photography for, for the sunset tonight. Oh, fantastic. Where are you going to be going? Oh, well, I'm uh, outside of, you know, the kind of the touristy spots just to go and get some uh, some sunset shots. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Look forward to the footage. Let's, uh, let's get into our show and uh, let's start with our quiz. Do you want to do the first question? Certainly. Um, was this week found by how, how much by the European competition regulators over deal with Apple? And that's a lot of money. Sorry, Rachel, could you just repeat the question? Uh, we had a bit of line fading. Sure. The first question in this week's quiz. Qualcomm was this week fined how much by the European competition regulators over deal with Apple? Second question. What did Facebook launch in South Africa this week? The third question. A new film chronicles the rise and fall of Commodore International. What is it called? And question four, Telcom Chairman Jabu Mabuza has been named as the new chairman of ESCOM. Which other telecoms industry figure has joined the ESCOM board? And the last question, which organization has acquired 25% of New South African tech-focused stock exchange ZAR? ZAR X. That's our quiz. As always, we'll get to the answers at the end of the show. But let's uh, let's dive into uh, the week's tech news. In fact, before we even touch on tech news, I think the overwhelming, the overriding story this week has been a political one. And there seems to be a, a general Im- rapid improvement in optimism in South Africa uh, post the ANC conference last month. And yes. uh, with the um, with the, the, the deputy president, Sir Ramaphosa, who's very likely going to be our president in the not too distant future, uh, attending Davos this week, he was making all of the right moves at the World Economic Forum event. The RAND is at its strongest level in about two and a half years. Uh, I saw it touched a new high of 11 Rand 80 this morning. Uh, and that's, of mm. course, great news for us uh, tech lovers because the uh, price of our favorite gadgets are going to be coming down, hopefully. Oh, yes, definitely. I hope so. Hope so, yes. But um, I think it'll take time, of course, because uh, a lot of stock will be in, in channel already and, and bought at a higher exchange rate. But uh, if, if, the, if the exchange rate keeps these levels and, and perhaps gains even further in the coming months, then I think we can look to be paying less for computers and smartphones and all the other stuff we love in, yeah, in, yeah. in the back end of this year. 
Let's also hope, I mean, the, the, the petrol gas prices come down. I mean, that's, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, that's, that's something we really need a little upliftment on, yes. I think. Well, the Brent crude oil price, which I watch quite closely, has been rising quite precipitously over the last couple of weeks. I think it's sitting above $70 a barrel now. So that's going to that's gonna mitigate some of the advantage of the rand. And, of course, Malusi Gigaba, the finance minister, has got a huge gap in the fiscus that he needs to fill. And an easy thing to target is taxes on petrol. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be catching much of a break uh, from the strong rand when it comes to the petrol price this year. So, so we should drive less and spend money on more cool tech. I can live with that. Yeah, well, that sounds like a good plan. Or just I've got a Vive and Xbox to buy. I can stay at home, not drive my car. Yeah, or buy an electric, like a te- <laughs> Tesla, because then you don't need petrol. <laughs> oh yeah, that's also true. And solar power, then you can get it for free. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, generally positive sentiment. And I've been talking to quite a lot of uh, business leaders over the last couple of weeks since I got back from holiday. I uh, had a, a telephonic interview yesterday with Sabu Shabalala, who's the CEO of Adapt yeah. IT. Uh, and he's very bullish. He says that uh, he's seeing a lot more interest, um, a, a propensity by business leaders to perhaps start to spend on IT services again. Uh, he was saying that um, that companies really pulled back on their investments uh, around technology because of the weakening uh, political environment and concerns about the economy. And that's all changed in the last month. And uh, he's quite bullish that uh, we're going to see a, a big uptick in spending in IT this year. So it all, uh, bodes well for economic growth, assuming that Cyril, assuming that Cyril Ramaphosa can keep this momentum going and that uh, they're going to be able to get rid of Zuma uh, in in short order um, because if he's still the president at the end of this year, I think that's a big problem. Yeah, let's let's go if he gets out of office because I mean, I've seen a lot from the inside too. Companies are starting to look at spending more in South Africa. A lot of feelers have gone out for a lot of interesting things recently. I found, or or, or companies wanting to do you know particularly big broad campaigns on certain things. Yes. Uh, there's definitely more money coming this way because I think there is an upliftment in that sentiment for yeah. Yeah, bias and, and I guess market behavior. Yeah, and it could translate into very good economic growth if um, if the taps are open because I think a lot of companies have held back on, 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 on investment. I think they've got a lot of money sitting on their balance sheets. And if, yeah. that, if that can be opened up, then I think it's going to, um, it's going to be good news for the economy and our economy could um, surprise on the upside. But yeah, a lot, a lot that still needs to. There's still a lot of caveats. Um, you know, the economy is in a dire straits. We know what's going on at SARS. There's a lot of mess that needs to be fixed. ESCOM has a new board, but uh, you know, there's a lot of there are big problems there that are not going to be solved overnight. So um, while I think the mood is improving, I think uh, we we should um, not uh, we should uh, uh, perhaps avoid getting uh, too um, over enthusiastic about uh, the changes that we've seen sure. over the last month. And let's let's be honest. This disaster that Cape Town is facing is a pretty severe one. It's yes. potentially the first city in the world to run out of water. Um, you know, I was joking earlier about holidaymakers going around. Everybody is a little, seemingly a little oblivious. I'm sure they're not, but it, it seems like life's going on. But I mean, if that happens, yeah, we're going to have a lot to deal with. The entire South Africa, you mm. know, everybody's going to kind of feel the brunt of that. Yeah, and the, and the impact on I, I'm, the impact on the economy will be enormous because uh, I mean, I'm already seeing people talking about leaving Cape Town, uh, d- taking contingency measures, moving to Johannesburg, moving to Durban for, for a period until the drought is over. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that has a direct um, economic impact. If you've got skilled people leaving the city, uh, it has a direct impact on the city. And, of course, 
The, the bigger problem is that um, there's the potential for social unrest, um, riots in the streets, that sort of thing. If you run out of water, I mean, it's such a basic thing. And uh, if people can't drink water, the, the situation could escalate into something quite unpleasant quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, tourism is definitely going to suffer. I mean, if a place like a, a major hotel, like this one that I'm sitting in, have to potentially close their doors because they cannot you know, use water in their facilities or even clean the rooms or let uh, their, their, their clients flush toilets and that kind of thing, that's, that's massive. That could cripple a lot of these companies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's very worrying times. Let's talk about things that are a little bit more optimistic. And, uh, of course, yes, that means please, talk, please. Talk, talking about technology. Actually, I'm not sure how much more optimistic this is, but I wanted to, <laughs> to have a chat about Theresa May. Uh, she is the Prime Minister of Britain. And um, she, not the first time she said this, but she was at Davos this week again trying to rally support for her fight against encryption uh, and against big tech companies. She's saying that uh, the, the police need to have access to these systems. They need to be able to read people's WhatsApp messages, for example, or, or other encrypted platforms in, in, in order to fight crime and terrorism. Now, I suppose I've got some sympathy for the politicians. Um, you know, they, they've, you know, there's a major terrorist attack and they can't solve the crime because they can't get access to these platforms because they're encrypted. It, um, it you know, it reduces, I suppose, their chance of re-election. Um, but at the same time, uh, if you create a backdoor in these systems or you, yeah, in fact, you'd have to create a backdoor in these systems with keys that you'd give to the, law enforcement agencies around the world. And if you're going to give it to Britain's law enforcement agencies, then surely you need to give it to Zimbabwe's law enforcement agencies. Well, once it's out there, it's out there. I mean, you know, those things get out in a million ways too. I mean, if it's that critical yes. uh, to the system. Yes. So, I I mean, I've thought about this a lot and, and I do have sympathy for this, but um, I, I think that the moment you create backdoors into encrypted systems, you break the encryption. Um so do we I think I think it's a binary choice we're facing. Either these systems are uh, not encrypted or they have encryption with backdoors or they are um sorry, I forgot what my third point was. <laughs> they yeah. um, basically you have to choose encryption or no encryption. Um because yeah. uh, you know, if you've got a backdoor then then you may as well assume that your encryption is Sorry, your communication is being monitored. Um, so, again, this goes back into the... I mean, if we look historically, before we had these the, the internet and we could all communicate electronically, um, people would talk in person and the, the police wouldn't be able to listen into that conversation. I'm sure the internet allows a lot of... Um, a lot more col collaboration between people all over the world, but... Um, the civil liberties behind this do we want to do we want to um undermine encryption for the sake of fighting crime and terrorism uh or do these civil liberties principles def uh, are they more important than uh fighting crime and, and the police having access to these systems i tend to lean towards the towards the latter let's just have encryption and uh um, you know, the byproduct might be that some criminals are able to collaborate and, on their nefarious activities without police oversight. But uh, do we really want the police having the capacity to read our private communication? Yeah, it's a slippery, very, very slippery slope on that way down. 
Look, the criminal underworld is going to use or develop new systems regardless. I mean, if they know one is compromised, they'll just stop using it, right? Exactly. I mean, if, 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 if you know that this thing is potentially monitored, it's almost, you know, kind yeah. of cutting the nose to spite the face. Why would the authority, if the authority is making available that they're now monitoring all these things for all these words? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure not everybody will stop using it. They might catch some people. But how far down that rabbit hole do you go? And how do you regulate it? I mean, WhatsApp sure is, is an American platform and Britain could, you know, I mean, they could say, okay, you're not allowed to use this platform here, but there's ways around these technologies. I mean, um, you could, for example, use something else like Signal or something developed in, I don't know, um, Panama, for example, mm. that, that um, you know, the, and the developers don't care about the, the, what, what the British think about uh, encryption. I'll simply say, well, no, forget about it. And uh, if Britain then says, okay, we'll block that, then the criminals will just use VPNs. Um, I would I would assume the, the the higher end criminal classes would probably have their own communication app developed on their own rooted Android phones that probably. keeps their own networks. I mean that makes probably. a lot of sense. I'd imagine so. Yeah, the cr big criminal. The good guys can do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's a, you can just take off the shelf encryption and do this. I mean, it's not a particularly complex thing to do. Um, so you're right. I think that yeah, sure, sure. I think that Theresa May, her heart is probably in the right place, but I think she she's being badly advised, and um, I, I, I think she's on a hiding to nothing on this thing. Yeah, somebody. I guess you can maybe argue that you know there's somebody involved who, who's got it in their interest to have access to that. It's not just law enforcement all the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting discussion, and I think it's going to be a subject of debate for years to come still. Um, but I, uh, I, think, I think we, as society, we need to make, as I said earlier, we need to make a binary choice. Either we have encryption or we don't. There's no middle mm. way. Can uh, we ask the same for our set-top boxes, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Touche, touche. Whenever that project gets finalized. I see the government's now saying mid-2019, everything has to be done. So that's 18 months from now. Um, I have my doubts. Um, I have my serious doubts, given that so many deadlines have slipped in the past, given how much work mm. still has to be done. Um, but yeah, what's that Douglas Adams uh, phrase? Um, I, I love the sound of deadlines as they whoosh by or something. Whoosh past my. Uh, but I mean, this also is 18 months of the digital space uh, getting you know ahead. Yes. So another 18 months of digital innovation, people getting all their content on their device because it's just easier and free or cheaper. Mm. Mm. We killing we killing TV. I mean, we killing TV in a horrible way. It shouldn't die like this. You know? <laughs> yes. It's over. Oh, anyway, um, I think we need to take a quick break, Rechard. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. Teed and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. 
for business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Well, welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehart? Oh, Duncan, it's really nice by the pool. I'm not going to lie to you. I moved positions. I'm sitting outside. I've got a, a margarita in my hand right now. Uh, I wish you guys could be here. If this wasn't a family podcast, I'd be swearing at you right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, um, I envy you your time in Cape Town. How long are you down there for? Um, about a week. Oh, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. A week in a bit, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm doing some work, but uh, I'm spending a lot of time not doing work as well. Yeah, flying drones uh, over beautiful Cape Town. I can't think of anything better to be doing. In, and let me also just put a disclaimer in. I'll only fly in the fly zones. Um, yeah. Cape Town, Cape Town is riddled with no-fly zones, so that's why I'm driving out, uh, oh, right. out to the state. Okay, so you'll, you'll be flying over the airport a bit later, will you? <laughs> yeah, maybe just just on the edges. I don't want don't to get in front of anybody. <laughs> cool. Um, so I, I did a really interesting uh, little analysis uh, this week. Uh, it was a slow news day earlier this week, and I... Um, I decided I love crunching uh, share price information, and I had a look at uh, the biggest tech companies in the world um, by market capitalization. So I, I only looked at companies that had a market cap above 100 billion US dollars. So we're talking the biggest of the biggest companies here. And there were about 15 of them in all, maybe a bit more than that, maybe 18. And I compared their share price performances over five years and then over one year. And just to get a feel for uh, of the of the tech giants in the world who has really done the best in terms of share yeah. price performance over that over those periods, and uh, the five year number was the, the the really interesting one for me. And um, record number three um, of <laughs> tech companies uh, with a market cap above one hundred billion dollars, with returning five hundred and eighty two percent over five years, was Naspers. Wow. South African JSE listed company. Now, of course, of now course. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. I mean, the, it, the reason is the one the company that's in the number two position, which returned seven hundred and fifty two percent over five years, which was uh, China's ten cent, uh, and of course that explains the rise in the Naspers price. Um, in fact, the Naspers yeah. price has lagged the ten cent performance, which uh, I know has. Uh, irked a lot of uh, analysts and investors in Nasdaq, um, but still remarkable that uh, of the eighteen or so biggest tech companies in the world, Nasdaq is in position three. Uh, that's a mm. remarkable performance over five years. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Any guesses who was number one, Rechard? Uh, is it a fr- something of a fruity variety? It's not actually. Apple is around oh. about ninth position. With a return over five years of one hundred and fifty percent. Let me give you a clue. No, got... Let me give you a clue. It's something to do with crypto mining. Oh, that was going to be my next thing. Was it going to be something like a Bitcoin? Well, it's Bitcoin isn't a share, so that was obviously excluded from no, the list. No, for sure. But if that was if if we'd included Bitcoin, of course, that would be right at the top of the list with the, with its return over the last five years. But. Uh, no, the number one company with a return of 1,800% over five years was NVIDIA. Ah, now I see the link. Okay, mm. that is phenomenal. Yeah, incredible. For a graphics card company. Yeah, and a market capitalization of $140 billion. It's worth almost as much as IBM. 
That is, um, that is, those are serious. I mean, $140 billion market cap worth almost as much as IBM. That's, uh, um, that's remarkable. I mean, sitting on a price to earnings multiple of almost 60. Uh, so it's very expensive, wow. but this has obviously been driven not only by the demand for high-end graphics cards by video gamers, of, no, uh, of oh, yes. which there has been huge oh, yes. demand, but um, also by cryptocurrency miners who use these graphics cards and, and string them together uh, to mine Bitcoin and other cryptos. So that yeah. has really propelled NVIDIA's share price forward. And it's been an interesting study, this, to look at these these numbers. It'd be interesting to look at, look at them again in five years and see... Uh, whether those performances have been repeated or not. In the case of NVIDIA, I suppose it's a bet on, on crypto mining. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think this is also spurring on development. I mean, this is going to really incentivize them to build better processing units for their, for their graphics cards, which in turn, I mean, will have a massive you know, add-on effect for the VR and AR industry, which in parallel is also requiring heavy graphics processing power. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So NVIDIA top of the list. Interesting to uh, look at the rest of the top 10 as well. So NVIDIA first, Tencent second, Nuspash third. Fourth place is Facebook, then Amazon, mm. then Amazon.com, then Microsoft, uh, which is really interesting, given being a, sort of a, more of an old school technology company. They've really reinvented themselves, I think, for the third time. Um, yeah. And uh, they're up 230% over five years, which is a very solid performance for a company that's been around since the mid-70s. And then um, after Microsoft is Alphabet or Google. So Microsoft over five years outperforming Google. Uh, and then Apple follows. Then, um, yeah, yeah. And then top, topping out the top 10 uh, are uh, one that I would never have assumed would be in the top 10, and that's Accenture, uh, the technology um, cons- consulting yes. firm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then in- Intel uh, rounding out the top 10. So really interesting performance. Of, of tech companies worldwide that have a market cap of $100 billion, only one company went backwards over both one year and five years, and that was IBM. Uh, quite a weak performance from that company in an environment where tech shares have been soaring. Yes. But they, they've always seemed to be, they, or they not always, they have seemed to be kind of, come a little bit of a dinosaur. I mean, they've got incredible technology, and, you know, I'm not discrediting the company by any means. But you know, where's that? I guess that, that that's often the news that we always hear from these other these other companies that mm. uh, I guess drive interest from not just the big corporates where they do play a massive role. And obviously, Lenovo now being the front, or Lenovo was intended to be the front-facing part of the business. Yes. Um, you know, it's. I mean, there's some cool things coming out there, but nothing that's futuristic. You know, we're not seeing the same uh, futuristic drivers we do with other companies. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Anyway, that story's on Tech Central, so if you want to have a look and drill down into those numbers, there's a table there showing the performances of all the companies. Go have a look at that. It's uh, actually really interesting, and it's uh, prob- maybe it's something we'll uh, repeat on an annual basis here at Tech Central. Cause I Very think good idea. Yeah, I think those numbers are really interesting. So something that really grabbed my attention this week was, um, and I got quite excited about it given that um, I grew up with these computers, was a new documentary film that's being released on Netflix and Amazon Prime and coming out on Blu-ray next month. Uh, about the origin of Commodore computers and the company behind them, Commodore International. Uh, it's nice. it's nice. Um, it's going to be called the Commodore Story, and it's going to it interviews uh, the executives who were involved at the company at the time, the developers, guys who were third party developers who were developing games and other software for devices like the Vic Twenty, 
Remember that one, Rechart? Uh, the Commodore 64. Vaguely. Uh, uh, vaguely, yes. The VIC-20 <laughs> VIC was my second computer. My first was a ZX81. Uh, I never did own a C64, uh, although I would have loved to own one of those. And, uh, of course, they also made the Amiga computers, which were well ahead of their time um, in terms um, of computers. I remember looking – I grew up in Durban, and I remember walking through a, a shopping center in Pinetown, just outside Durban, and uh, there was a computer shop there, and uh, they had the Amiga – I think it was the Amiga 3000 on display in the window. I can't remember the price tag on it, but it was something crazy. Uh, and um, I, I just really remember thinking, I've got to have this thing. And I, every time we went to that shopping center, I'd stand in the window and drool at the Amiga. But I never did get it. Yeah. I never did get it. Um, which, which was the yeah, – yeah, I mean, back back then, it was only the stuff that we could dream of. I mean, if you imagine the tech that you have at your disposal right now on your desk. Yes. Then, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't even power. But I was going to ask you about the Commodore. Which was the one with the two red buttons and the large red joystick? Was that the Commodore 64? Two red buttons and large joystick. Um, I don't... Was gaming? I think it was a Commodore 64. It could have been. I Commodore don't think I've ever saw... I used Commodores at school, in primary school, Commodore 64. No, it was a C64. It was a C64. Was it? Okay. Joystick. They didn't oh, put yeah. joysticks... I don't think they had joysticks on the uh, on the C64s that we used at school for, for obvious reasons. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it was a fantastic machine. Yeah, I spent um, I spent a couple of years learning to program on a C sixty four at school uh, before we migrated to I think it was Apple two E, Apple two C, oh, wow. something like that. Wow. Um, no, I just had a quick look here. Definitely the the C sixty four. That's what I remember the, the the joystick attachment for the uh, for the keyboard. Okay. For the, for okay. the computer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, and I, I got me hooked on gaming. I um I had a Vic twenty and. Uh, I um I I, I really, that was the first computer I really loved. I hated the ZX81. The memory thing, the memory pack at the back was always falling out, causing it to crash. <laughs> uh, the keyboard was awful. Uh, the the Vic Twenty felt like a real computer for the first time. But it, you would buy these cartridges, um, these proprietary cartridges. They're probably the size of two playing packs, um, and these yes. these were like memory extension cartridges. But they came pre-installed with text-based adventure games. You'd plug them into the module at the back of the of the Vic 20, uh, and then it would load up the adventure game, purely text-based, and you'd buy this on this hardware module, uh, one hardware module per game. Uh, I can't remember how much yeah. they cost, but uh, there was a guy called Scott Adams who wrote these things. Um, I can't remember the names of the games, but uh, they were great fun. It was completely text-based, um, so you'd use commands like move north or look I up. I remember or, those. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. So that was when I really that was my real first experience of, of computer gaming as well. Um, no graphics at all. Um, yeah, no, I had to actually think. It's like reading a book. It was right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you had you had these huge maps in your mind. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. It, it really was theater of the mind, wasn't it? Um, yeah, but, exactly. But, and you had to remember all the commands. Like, what do you? And I remember discovering, like, oh, you can actually use this command to figure this thing out. And yes. it was yes. fantastic yeah. puzzle adventures. Yes, absolutely. What was your first computer, by the way? Um, I actually got a computer very late. My first one was a three eight six. Okay. The hand me down from a from an uncle that I had or family member. You sold, you got a new computer, and I just got this one. It was busted, so I st stayed at the, the bio screen for a, for a few weeks. <laughs> we got it fixed. So I didn't know how to configure the BIOS, right? I tried yeah. every possible configuration. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, no. Uh, but before that, I always had friends that had access to all these 
uh, incredible technologies. So at school, we had the tape, the tape cassettes that used to load half the period. And then the second half, you'd actually do the program that was loaded <laughs> the first half on the cassette. Yes. Yes, I remember. Now seems incredibly archaic. Yes, yes. I remember saving games to tape. The C64 did that, I think. Um, and so did the VIC-20, yeah. Um, it was quite commonplace in those days to save your your applications or games to, to audio cassette. Um, mm. Yeah, we've come a long Imagine way. <laughs> we have come a long way. Now we have everything like that in your pocket and more. And now we're talking over a fiber connection, 2,000 Ks from each other. Indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so the Commodore story, it's coming out on Netflix and Amazon Prime Video next month. I will be watching Can't it wait. the moment it comes out. Uh, going to be geeking out big time. Uh, it should be oh, a great yeah. discussion. The trailer is, uh, we've posted the trailer on Tech Central as well, and uh, it's it's worth a look just to see some of the hardcore nerds that were involved in uh, building these computers, and uh, they still aren't hardcore nerds. For that, but <laughs> <laughs> this might actually be an opportunity to, to, to pull out all the other geek movies um, that's been kind of classics over the last 20, 30 years. Yes. Do a little marathon. You know, I think Silicon, what was it? Silicon Valley is, uh, not Silicon Valley. Uh, Pirates of Master, Silicon Valley. Pirates of Silicon Valley, that's the one. Was that the Robert X. Cringely one? Um, I, th- I think it might have been. I yeah. mean, it definitely wasn't. I mean, none of them were the best, but they were all pretty... They were entertaining, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, going uh, to be fun times, again, reliving uh, our childhoods, watching some mm-hmm. of that stuff. So looking forward to it. That's so you're going to get a new... Are you going to buy a Commodore and uh, relive... Relive those memories? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's it's nice. Ret- I suppose it's not a nice talking point. But um, if I got one, I don't think I'd actually use it. I'd probably boot it up, play around with it for a couple of hours, and then and then get bored with I it. Then put it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, compared to today's computers, you you really, it, it's fun to see what it was like back then. But um, yeah, I, I suspect that if I bought one, it would gather dust pretty quickly. And I also suspect yeah. that uh, these things aren't the cheapest anymore because now they've got retro value, and I think a lot of people are trying to to buy them and put them in home. Going on to them. Exactly. Exactly. So, Rechot, I think that uh, covers the news this week. Um, let's uh, let's uh, move on to our regular features. Um, I, I was trying to think of a winner and loser in the tech industry this week, and I couldn't really think of one. And given what's going on in the macro environment, um, I thought let's just um, let's just uh, there's an obvious winner and obvious loser this week. So, uh, winner this week is Cyril Ramaphosa for saying yeah, all the definitely. saying all the right things. And um, if he keeps it up, I think our economy is going to get back on solidly back on track this year. Uh, so far, he hasn't uh, t- uh, done a thing wrong. Um, he's uh, certainly talking up in the right direction, and it'll be yeah. great news for uh, everyone in South Africa, including us uh, tech consumers who um, will yep. take advantage of the strengthening rand. And by the same token, I think uh, our, our loser this week should be the Guptas because um, it looks like time really is up for them. Uh, the <laughs> investigations are proceeding apace. Um, the talk is that they're, yes. uh, they're, they've already left the country, uh, that they're watching all of this from Dubai. Um, I have a feeling that they won't be coming back. Yeah, that's definitely good news. And it's funny, funny, just the sentiments with Cyril and the Guptas leaving, just the sentiment of good things coming to South Africa has already had such a massive improvement on that on the, the exchange rate. Imagine with actual good leadership in place, what could happen? Yes, indeed. Re- firing this useless cabinet and um, and putting some hardworking people in there. Uh, you know, there's... there's yeah place for people like Pravin Gordon, who was fired, 
Hopefully we'll see Trevor Manuel back in the cabinet. That would be great. Um, I was yeah, saying, saying to a friend of mine this morning, imagine a minister, ministry of ICT headed by Trevor Manuel. Um, it would be fantastic. Love to see that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's 11 rand 88 to the dollar right now. It's weakened slightly from this morning, but I think that... Uh, I think that's still a, a very strong performance, and um, hopefully it'll it's going to carry on, and the good news is going to keep flowing. But uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what's your pick this week, Richard? So you know, I've been on a bit of an Android crusade for the last two three weeks. Yes. Um, and a friend recently introduced me to a cool little app um, on the Play Store um, that is allowing me to play old ROMs. This is called Mega N sixty four, and it. It's basically just an app that's a ROM emulator, and then I've got a whole bunch of old ROMs from many years ago, and now I'm able to pop those into uh, very easily onto my Android phone, and I've got access to some really old school and very fun to play uh, N64 games. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. Mega N64. I mean, it turns your your Android phone into an old school um, emulator. I mean, you can really literally relive it all these old memories uh, of these games. And there's other emulators too. So if you want to play for other platforms, you can get a variety of other emulators too, even one I'm sure for the Commodore. Okay, okay, so great. Great, I will, uh, as soon as this show is over, I'll install that on my phone. It sounds like fun. Um, my pick this week, uh, as I hinted at earlier, is Discord, which we're using to record this very podcast. I am absolutely yes. chuffed with the software, and um, I'm going to try it for playing some games as well. In fact, it's designed for um, chatting during video games, uh, and uh, we're, just, um, we're just using it to do a podcast, um, and it works very well for doing that, um, but it's designed first and foremost for, for gaming. But uh, it's a fantastic app. I'm surprised I hadn't actually heard of it before yesterday. Um, so yeah, no, this is phenomenal, actually. Um, I think we may have started a new thing here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it gives you such uh, ability to fine-tune the audio quality, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really, really good. So if you um, – if you, uh, you could even use it as an alternative to Skype. Um, I suppose the only challenge is that um, there's a lot more people on Skype than there are on Discord. Um, but uh, if, if it's a situation like Rechard and I have yeah. here where um, we, we do a dedicated weekly chat, obviously we don't do it long distance every week, but um, yeah. uh, it's great because we can set up a Tech Central channel and uh, we, can, uh, we can create a private audio chat in there. And I must say it's the, the results so far have been fantastic. So that's well, definitely. But I think also as a chat client, I mean, I love the idea of a, a tech central. I mean, even if we're recording in studio, we can still have this running and uh, get engagement from people listening. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we must uh, look at doing that. Perhaps uh, you're back in Joburg next Friday, are you, Rechard? No, the week after next. Oh, the week after next. Okay, so we'll we, probably we, be... We've got, we got another opportunity to do another Discord uh, recording to next week. We'll be Discording again yes. uh, next week then. Um, I will... Indeed. I'll come to you from another beach. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, see if I, I'll see if I can find the time between now and next week to do a bit of fiddling with this app and uh, maybe we can invite... Uh, maybe we'll start just by inviting um, a colleague or a friend to or, or two to join yes. us. Just to test it out before we uh, throw it open to the wider world, but um, I like it a lot so far and uh, uh, quite exciting. I've always wanted to do this show live as well, um, and we just really oh, yeah. haven't found the right platform to do it. And I think Discord uh, is um, is going to be that platform, just judging by. Uh, uh, well, technically, this is live, isn't it? So this is if if, it is live, if anybody yeah. is not able to to tune into this, they would be able to listen to this. That's ex exactly right. We just have to add someone to this uh, to this channel, and they can just listen. Public, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Great. Well, apart from our quiz, um, that is the show. Let me do the first question. Qualcomm was this week fined how much by the European competition regulators over a deal with Apple? And the answer there is 1 billion euros. Cha-ching, that's a lot of money. Second question, what did Facebook launch in Africa? And the answer, Marketplace. It's its new online classified service. And I've checked it out, and it's actually pretty cool. They're obviously going to push it very hard. Great. Um, yeah, it, looks, it looks like it's going to take over a lot of the second-hand type of good quality uh, product markets. Interesting. Yeah, it's obviously going to be a direct competitor to things like Gumtree and OLX. Um, I haven't oh, yes. I haven't played with yes. it yet. I'll try and find a chance to do it this weekend because I've got a lot of junk lying around my house that I need to get rid of. That's all old stuff there. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, our third question, a new uh, film chronicles the rise and fall of Commodore International. What is it called? And the answer there is the Commodore story. The fourth question, Telcom Chairman Jabu Mabuza has been named as the new chairman of ESCOM. Which other telecoms industry figure has joined the ESCOM board? The answer there is former MTN Group Chief Sofiso Dabengwa. And the last question in the quiz this week, which organization has acquired 25% of new South African tech-focused stock exchange, ZARX? And the answer, the Public Investment Corporation. And that's our show. As always, if you've got any feedback, please do drop us a line. Our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. We do read all of your mail and we love receiving it. Thank you. So from Rechart and myself, until I chat to Rechart from some other beach in Cape Town next week, <laughs> take care. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.